You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. Time for round two. I'm back up here again. So hopefully, I do better this time. Hopefully, I've leveled up in my spirituality, which is not really a thing, but. I'm excited to be back up here again. I t- kind of talked about it last time I preached. Is it was a great opportunity for me to dive in my word and challenge myself and grow. And so I'm just feeling very humbled lately. I just I feel so thankful that we have this great community of believers. Uh, we build each other up. We generally want to see each other grow. And I just love Common Ground because it's given me the opportunity to become a stronger believer in Christ and just to challenge myself. And so if you ever want to challenge yourself in this way, you can get up here and get a crack at preaching. You know, we, we got we got sermons that you guys can preach. Um, so if you're feeling the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, you know, we'd love to challenge you in that way. Um, so yeah, um, with that, we are continuing in our rekindled uh, sermon series. Um, we got the lovely graphic up there. Um, as, and the, the kind of the, the theme of it is, Characters in the Bible that have had something burned into them or burned out of them. And so we've talked about a couple of different people. We've talked about Moses, how he had some things burned into him. And then we talked about Joseph, how he thought he had his perfect life plan. But then Jesus and the Holy Spirit just took that away and said, I got a new plan for you. So, yeah, we're just going to be continuing with that. Um, But I'd like to open us up in prayer, if you guys would just bow your heads with me. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you. Just with our, just the prayers that we brought forward today, we just ask that you hear us in your word. Say anything that you ask in your name, that you would grant to us, you give to us. And so we just ask that you'd hear us this morning. We ask that um, that our will would be your will. And I just pray that you will send your Spirit in, inside of me, and that um, the words that I speak today, Lord, that those would be your words. And I just pray for um, this church. That, uh, that you would open up their ears to hear and that you would open up their hearts, Lord. And Holy Spirit, search their soul, search my soul. Help me to see the ways that I can love others better. Help me to see the ways that I could um, be a better follower of you. How can, I, how can I reflect you better, Jesus? How can I walk with you better? And so we just ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So guys, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to ask it in a couple different ways because it's kind of a hard question. Um, so was there ever a time in your life where you had to do something, or you wanted to do something, but then you were so scared that you ended up not doing it? So like skydiving would be like an example. Does anyone have a story like that? I'll give you a moment to let the gears turn. Josh. My family went to Disney World and we were going to go on the rock and roll roller coaster. And then as we like got in line, I saw like how fast it like straight up shot and then like did a loop and I like chickened out of that. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, you know how they say, you know, face your fears and, you know, they'll go away. So I have a fear of heights. And so we were at a young life camp and I thought, oh, I'll do the, yeah, if you've ever been to camp, have all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. What is it called? The ropes course? Yeah, so you're up there and, you know, and it's all safe and everything. But um, it was, it was 
the one of the worst things I've ever done in mm-hmm. my life. And so um, now I know I will never do that again, and that I am definitely afraid of heights, and that didn't help at all. So <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to anybody. It's kind of like one of those times where it was a question asked in one of the previous sermons of something that you tried and you, you think, ah, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you know? um, any other stories? Anyone else? Chris? The first time getting in the van to go to Mexico. <laughs> Well, when I ask myself this question, um, I don't know why I have a... These stories of like when I was a child keep coming back in my head, and I'm going to tell you another story from my childhood that kind of answers this question of when I was afraid and I decided not to act out of, out of fear. And so the story goes like this. I was, I was in first grade, and um, I was a child who liked to climb things. I was very rambunctious. And I didn't like to follow the rules. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a child thing. I don't know. Um, but I lived right by my elementary school. And my elementary school was about three stories high. And um, it, was a, it was a good school. But the, the fun thing about it was, and this is where the rule breaking comes in, is that I found out that you could climb up this pole. And then you could like shimmy your way onto the roof. And then if you could like jump off this wall, you could like grab the roof and then you could pull yourself on top. And then you could like walk around on top of the roof. <laughs> so from time to time when I was a child, I'd just walk to school on a Saturday because I was bored and I would just go on the roof. And you would find some cool stuff up there. You might find some tennis balls or you might find some wall balls, you know, because people apparently, and sometimes you even find like action figures and then you'd think, why, are, why is this on the roof? Uh, but sometimes you find some goodies. Um, but then one, one uh, weekend I went up there, and just like any other weekend, you know, I shimmied up, did the wall kick, and climbed up and everything, and uh, all of a sudden I'm walking around, I found a couple of tennis balls, and then I, what I'd do is I'd just like chuck them down, you know, so that I could climb down and get them, and all of a sudden I hear, hey! And then I kind of froze, right? And I, I kind of looked down, because I, I kind of like crawled over the edge to see like who was yelling at me, and all of a sudden I see this like janitor. Right? And he's like, who's up there? Come down right now. And and then I think, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so silly. Because when I'm walking around up there, I'm like... <laughs> so, like, obviously, if there's someone inside, they're going to hear me. <laughs> you don't really have much... Um, you don't have common sense or wisdom at all when you're that young. Um, so in that moment, I got really scared, right? Like, I knew I wasn't supposed to be up there. That was day, like, obviously that was wrong. And so I got scared, and I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm about to get in trouble, She's, or he's going to tell my mom. I'm going to lose my N64. I'm not going to be able to play Pokemon Stadium. Oh, my gosh. I'm so scared. <laughs> so what I did, which was way worse, is, mind you, this, this building is about three stories tall, so, you know, 20 to 30, 30 feet. And so what I did was... So he was on one side of the building, so say the east side. So I went to the west side of the building, and I was like, I gotta jump. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I kid you not, so I literally, I got to the edge, and I kind of like shimmied down, and so I was hanging on the ledge like this, like holding like this. And so I was hanging there for a second, I was thinking, and obviously I'm, I'm still scared of the janitor at this point. 
So I'm hanging, and then all of a sudden, I just look down. And all of a sudden, I just had this boost of fear. Like, even worse than the janitor. I just, like, freaked out, and I was so scared for my life at this point. And I experienced a moment, you know, you hear about those stories where children, like, lift up cars because their parents are stuck under there. That's what that moment was for, like, me, because I kid you not, I, I looked down, I was like, I'm going to die. So I literally just pulled myself back up, like, no problem. I was like, okay, my choices are death or losing my N64. I guess I, I'll go a weekend without it. Um, and so I kind of just, after that moment of, like, experience this fear and thinking, holy crap, I'm going to definitely break both my legs if I drop. Um, so I kind of just, you know, the janitor was still looking for me. He was, like, kind of walking around. I kind of just went, hey. <laughs> I'm coming down now. And it, he didn't even, I didn't even lose my N64. He just yelled at me and said, don't do it again. And I didn't. So I learned my lesson. And with the, the kind of the moral of the story there is that um, in that in that story, I kind of experienced two kinds of fear, right? Um, I experienced like the healthy kind of natural fear, you know, where you get kind of that boost of epinephrine, norepinephrine. You, you get this boost of strength and, you know, it's, it's kind of protective. It's there... For, you know, say a bear is chasing you like that. You're getting those, you know, you're getting those molecules so that your body will be able to run away from that bear. And it protects you. It's a good kind of fear, right? But then I had another type of fear up there on the roof when I was contemplating my life. Um, I experienced a fear that was kind of more destructive. Uh, I experienced a fear of knowing that I did something wrong and I was afraid to face the consequences of my actions. I knew I wasn't supposed to be on that roof. That was obviously very dangerous. Imagine if I would have dropped down. Like, I, I might not be able to be up here today. Like, I could have broken both my legs and never, you know, you never know what could have happened. But fear, that, that bad kind of fear, makes you act irrationally. It makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is the fear that um, caused, I mean, it makes you do horrible things that you wouldn't normally do in when you're in your right mind, you know? Um, so we're going to be diving into our word today. Um, we're going to be talking about Peter. And we're just going to be talking a little bit about who he is and just a little bit of background on him. And so for those of you that don't know who Peter is, he was a disciple of Jesus. And um, I was doing a little bit of research on him. And, you know, Peter has a couple different names. His birth name was Simon, right? Um, you'll hear him called Simon Peter, um, Peter, Simon. Um <laughs> And so, the reason he was called Peter is because uh, Jesus actually, get, when Jesus met with him and called him, and after they were being together for a while, um, Jesus actually called him Cephas, which means stone. And as we all know, um, Peter was the stone of the church, the cornerstone, the rock that the church was going to be built on, right? And so Jesus doesn't do anything without accident. So that is, you know, his name is very, very purposeful. He is the rock. Um, but also, um, in Greek, his name was Petros, which has the same meaning. It also means stone. And so that's where we get Peter. It's Petros to Peter. Um, but also, more about Peter is that he was a fisherman, right? Like, he, he was with his brother, and they, you know, that's where he was called by Jesus. He was at the Sea of Galilee fishing, and Jesus said to him, you know, you guys are fishermen, but how about I make you fishers of men, right? Um, and like we just talked about, Jesus, you know, he doesn't do anything on accident. And so I believe that his, his verbiage of 
how he was saying, you will be fishers of men. I believe that analogy is so true because what did being a fisherman look like in the past? Well, I did a little bit of research and what I found out is that fishermen were obviously very skilled tradesmen. Um, Simon was a, you know, his, his family, his whole family were fishermen and it was passed down to him and it was something that he had to spend his whole life learning how to do. Um, but I also learned that it wasn't a very common trade. And you know, you think about it like they were in the Middle East, right? There wasn't a ton of water sources. Pretty much the big ones were the, the sea. And that's where Simon was, was in the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so that's where he made his living. There was a, he lived in a port city and uh, fishing was very big there. It was a booming industry where he lived. But other places it was not very common, obviously. Um, but what you need to know about fishermen that I actually found very crazy was, obviously they caught fish. But what was crazy about it is the amount of prep work that they had to put in. They didn't just go out there with their net. Like They didn't just go buy a net at the store and just bring it out. Like they had to make their nets. They had to get the ropes, and then they had to tie each knot so that their net was completely intact. Because if it wasn't, if one knot was out of place or one knot was loose, well, when they bring up their haul, all the fish would fall out. And so fishermen spent a lot of their time going over their nets, making sure it was perfect, making sure each knot was exactly how it was supposed to be tied, making sure that the ropes were strong, because if they weren't strong, they they wouldn't be able to make a living for the day. Um, and so when Jesus tells Peter that he wants to make him a fisher of men, I believe that that's part of it is you're not you're not just going out there with with nothing. You're 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 being your Bibles. You're praying about it. You're you're praying for those. You're praying for other people. You're you're learning scripture. You're praying with God. You're you're with other people in the community, and you're you're working on it. You're not just going out there. You're prepared. Um, so that's just more of a sub point. But anyways, I wanted to give you guys a, a little picture of Peter. Uh, just to kind of know, like, what what his background is, what is what is he kind of doing? Um, so, our scripture for day, today is actually um, it is John eighteen fifteen through twenty seven. Um, but we're actually going to dive in a little bit earlier in John in John thirteen thirty six through thirty eight. So, if you guys would just open up your Bibles with me really quick. So more about Peter is he was a guy who just kind of said what was on his mind. He didn't really have, he just kind of blurted things out. And um, you kind of see that in this passage. Um, so this passage is, is just titled, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. Um, and so I'll just read that really quick. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tru- truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And so this passage is talking about Jesus is going to go surrender himself. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that his future is. He's going to die for our sins. He's going to go to the crucifixion. And Peter, not really knowing what's happening, goes... I want to come. Why can I not go, Jesus? And you know, Jesus tells him you'll come after, but um, that's something that only Jesus could do. Um, and basically, it's really funny because Peter even says, he's like, well, Jesus, I, I will die for you. And Jesus kind of calls him on it and says, really, Peter? 
Really? I'll, I'll read the verses again. You know, why can I follow you? I lay down my life for you. Will you? Will you? Will you lay down your life for me? Um, so Jesus, Jesus knows what's up. But um, let's uh, go to John eighteen now. So with that little bit of backstory, it just gives us some contextual understanding of this passage. So we're going to be in John eighteen fifteen through twenty seven now. So if you'll just go ahead and skip forward. And I'll just start with 15, verse fifteen, and I'll read through the whole thing. Um, Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple since that disciple was known to the high priest he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest but Peter stood outside the door so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in the servant girl at the door said to Peter you also are not one of this man's disciples are you he said I am not now the serpents and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. And I'm going to read through this next section as well. Um, the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world, and I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by, Jesus, standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. So you can kind of, um, I kind of tried to read it in a way that um, when, when Peter denied being associated with Jesus, he was kind of like, I, I, I'm not associated with that. And I, and I kind of read that in there, and that's kind of how I picture him doing it. Um, because it's just kind of interesting, because this is the man who just, you know, a couple chapters ago said, Jesus, I'm going to lay down my life for you. And he just, didn't, I mean, Jesus was absolutely right. He denied him three times. Um, and the three people that he denied Christ to was, first, the servant girl, right? She asked, you know, are you with Jesus? And he said, I'm not. And then, when he was standing, remember, he was standing with, the, just honestly, just a group of, of strangers that says, um, now the servants and officers had made a charcoal file. So that's who he was around. He was just standing there, warming his hands. Wait, aren't you one of Jesus' people? Mm-mm. Right? Like, why, why doesn't he just say the truth? Why is that so hard for him? And then the third person that he denied to um, was the servant of the high priest. And so these are the kind of the three people that Peter denied to. And once again, I, I want to bring up that contrast. This was just the guy who three chapters ago said, I will die for you. I will lay down my life for you. And honestly, when I read through that passage, I just think he was, he was afraid. He, he was afraid of the repercussions, and he was experiencing that fear that I experienced. Like he, he knew the right thing to do, but yet he didn't want to do it. He was afraid of judgment. He was afraid of... Um, I mean, there's, there's so many things he, he, he could have just justified in his head. And um, I just think we are all capable of doing what Peter did. And I know me specifically. I, I'm so capable of just denying Christ. And I don't even know why. I experience that same fear that Peter experiences. I'm so afraid of what other people think. 
But what I need to be thinking about is I need to not be afraid of other people, but I need to be afraid of our Heavenly Father. And I need to think about what does He want, not what the world wants. And so my three key points are, there, there are basically three types of people that we deny in our life. So the first one is kind of like that servant girl. We deny Christ to the people who are underdeserved, people who have very little, like that servant girl. There are lots of people in this community that, that need to know Jesus. Why are we afraid to share, share that with them? Right? They're the people that need Jesus arguably the most. They need his love, his, his protection, his kindness. And we deny Christ to strangers. You know, Mary brought up that awesome story of all, all it took for that moment with her was someone just saying, hey, you, you're doing awesome, I'll keep it up. Imagine if we did that to people on a daily basis, right? Imagine if we kind of just said, Jesus, I mean, Jesus is with you today. Can I pray for you? You know, God bless you. We can't even say that to strangers. And, and I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm so guilty of that. Why, why can't I just say, God bless you? Why can't, can I pray for you? You know, you're talking in line at Safeway and someone says, I'm having a bad day. Tell me about that. Can I just pray for that for you really quick? But I'm so scared of being associated with Jesus because I'm worried about what they think. But why? I'm never going to see them again, potentially. Just like Peter, he was just around a bunch of strangers. Why didn't he just tell the truth? It's because that fear gets in our hearts. And it causes us to act irrationally. And then the last person we deny Jesus to is our peers. Um, we're, we're all exposed to different people in our lives. And a common theme in this sermon is Jesus doesn't do anything on accident. The people we're around is not a mistake. We're around them every single day. Talking with them. Building relationships with them. And it just creates an awesome opportunity to share Jesus. But why aren't we? I, I mean, I'm in nursing school right now, and I've been with these, this group, this cohort for a year and a half, and I still am scared to share Jesus with them, and I don't know why. Well, actually, I do. It's because I'm afraid that I'm going to impose my beliefs on them, or I think that, oh, well, if, you know, we live in America, so, you know, if people don't know Jesus, that's, that's their thing. Like, everyone knows about Jesus. It's their choice to follow him. So I don't need, I don't need to share. But that's, that's me just justifying my fear through another reason, and that's not okay either. After writing the sermon and praying about it, I need to change my ways. I need to have something burned into me. I need to have boldness. And as we know, that's not the end. Because we don't just live in that fear. We, we, we move on from it. We change. And we all know that's not the end of Peter's story, right? Peter doesn't just become that denier. And he doesn't just stay that way. We know that Peter was changed forever after this. After Jesus came back to this earth, after Jesus' resurrection, after his dying on the cross, Peter had this burned into him that he became a defender of Christ. Peter did so many amazing things after that moment. He did start up the church. He was the cornerstone, the rock that his name meant. 
he brought hundreds of people to, to, to Jesus. And then the really amazing thing, guys, is that he did eventually die for Jesus. He, will, he was willing to lay down his life for Jesus. And as we know, he was crucified. That's what it says in the history books. That is a life that was changed forever. He had obedience and boldness burned into him. And he didn't let that fear take over anymore. He was transformed. So this week, guys, as you're rubbing elbows with people in your lives, as you're just living your daily life, um, pray for opportunities to share Jesus. Pray for those people every night. Pray that you'll that God would open up a door to talk with them about Jesus. Because that's that's where it starts. We got to get our nets ready, right? We just talked about that. We need to be praying for these people, preparing our hearts, reading our Bibles. And then when they do, when someone does come up to you and say, "Man, I'm just having a really hard day and just got no hope," we can tell them, "Well, there's hope in Jesus. Can I pray for you?" And we got to not be scared, right? We need to be open to sharing God's word with others. And when those moments come, we've all been there where the Holy Spirit's telling us, we need to share Jesus with this person. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit, right? And so I pray pray that for you guys this week. And we're going to be welcoming the worship team up in a second here. But as I'm praying, guys, you have someone in your head right now. I want you to pray for that person. Pray for an opportunity to share Jesus with them. Let's become defenders of Christ. Let's let's defend Him and and build Him up and proclaim Him to other people. So with that, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so guilty of denying You. And I don't know if it's selfishness or what what is it, but we know so deeply the truth of what You are, Jesus. We have just prayed about all the things that you've blessed us with. We've just sang your praises, Lord. We know how great the life is you've given us. Why are we keeping that to ourselves, Lord? And Lord, I know the Holy Spirit talks to us and it tells us many, many things, but the Holy Spirit right now is telling us of one person in our lives that we need to be praying for. And so this week, Lord, I pray that our church is each individually praying for that person in their lives. And imagine the impact in our community that if we each just shared with that one person and made a difference in their lives. So Holy Spirit, I ask that your kingdom would come into Rapid City and the world beyond. And I pray that you'd make us all into defenders of you and not let fear control our lives. We just pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.